Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and in this podcast, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's most innovative food brands to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Better Food Stories podcast. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and today I'm excited to bring you another interview with a wonderful food entrepreneur. Her name is Midgie Moore, and she is a certified culinary travel professional and the owner of Juno Food Tours in Juno, Alaska. Now, if you're anything like me, you are navigating this whole quarantine pandemic and probably getting a little bit of cabin fever. A lot of us haven't left the house in a couple of months, um, and travel seems like a pipe dream right now, although a lot of cities uh, are opening up again. I know a lot of us are are hesitant to, to get back into regular society, and everything is going to be a slow go in getting back to normal. But Midgie Moore, I think, has a really great solution to anybody who, like me, is itching to travel but just knows that it's not the right time. She created a new product for her company, Juno Food Tours. It is essentially a food tour in a box. It's called Taste Alaska, and it features not only awesome food products from the state of Alaska, but also artwork, recipes, and trip planning information so that when you are ready to go back out and vacation, you can plan that bucket list trip to Alaska. Midgie was so fun to talk to and just another wonderful example of an entrepreneur who is making things work during these uncertain times. So I hope you enjoy this interview and get a lot out of it. Here you go. Midgie, thank you so much for joining me on the Better Food Stories podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about what your company, Juno Food Tours, typically offers. I know we're going to be talking a little bit about what you've been doing um, as a shift um, in the wake of the current situation that we're in now, but tell us a little bit about who you are and, you know, traditionally what the company offers. Okay, so um, I own Juno Food Tours, which is a culinary um, walking tour in downtown Juno, Alaska. I actually got my start as a food writer and food blogger, um, which I did for about 10 years. And through the course of that, I also worked at the Convention and Visitors Bureau here in Juneau. And so I learned a lot about um, the visitor industry and what people were interested in seeing and doing and how travelers behaved when they came to Juneau. And then having a knowledge of and passion for food, I just combined all that information into one package and created a food tour. So it's a walking food tour and you take visitors around different restaurants around Juneau. I love that. Yes, I uh, quit my day job on November 20th, 2014, and opened my business December 1st. And then um, I fed my first guest May 1st in 2015 when our cruise ship season started. This year would have been my sixth season in operation. However, with things that are happening now with COVID and all of that, we're not anticipating um, a lot of cruise ships, if any, will come to town. So I'm sort of calling that a wash for this year. 
Yeah, and I know Alaska is such a big cruising destination. Is that where most of your guests um, are coming from? Yes, actually, that's a great question. Um, so I would say more than 90% of my uh, sales come from my contracts with cruise lines. Um, my tour is currently sold on nine cruise lines. And um, it's it really opens up an opportunity for, for me to be able to have access to their marketing because then they market the tour for me. The other thing, too, though, if, you know, balling Alaska into that concept is that um, one thing I just learned is that the cruise industry really affects the entire state, not just the coastal southeast Alaska, because they do what they call land sea cruises. And a lot of the visitors, they start out in um, like Fairbanks, Anchorage up in the northern part of the state. And so there's been like Denali National Park is basically closed right now. And that's one of the top destinations for our state. So my impact is part of the grand impact of what's happening in our state as far as tourism. And I can definitely relate. You know, I live in, in South Florida and we're also a destination that relies so heavily on the cruising industry and the tourism industry in general. And, you know, I feel you when I see what's going on here. It's so widespread, the the effects of this. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the cruise lines have been impacted. It's its really, you know, crazy what's, what's going on. It really is. It's one of those situations that never, ever, ever in my wildest nightmare would I have dreamed there would be no cruise ships coming to Juneau this summer. It just never, I mean, that's how big this, this um, COVID-19 virus is and what's happening in our world is that entire industries are coming to a screeching halt. And it's just, I don't think anybody ever could have predicted something of this magnitude. Absolutely, I agree. And which is one of the reasons why I was super interested in talking to you because I've connected with so many business owners like yourself who are really making it work and being resourceful and being super creative um, about what they're doing. And I think, like I mentioned before we started recording, a lot of the people who do listen to this show uh, are food entrepreneurs. So I would love to hear about what you are offering now that, you know, you're seeing the cruise industry coming to a halt. What are you offering and how did you make that shift? Well, um, so this actually, um, what I'm doing is a subscription box service and it's called Taste Alaska. And so that actually was an idea I developed two years ago, but didn't really act on it because I was so busy running the tours. And now I find I have an unlimited amount of time. So um, it was the right timing for it. But the whole principle of Taste Alaska is not only to be a food tour in a box, so to speak, it's to deliver Alaska to the people who can't come, who have had to cancel their vacations, you know, reschedule for next year, but they still want to experience Alaska. So it is a seasonal box. So there will be one every um, season, summer, fall, winter. Our first one comes out this summer, um, June, the first week of June, we'll um, ship out the first one. But the whole concept is that not only will you get food of Alaska, but you'll also get artwork and maybe some culture pieces and then history things, but you'll also get travel information so that you can start 
start planning that bucket list vacation to see our state. And that will be things like the state DMO Travel Alaska is on board with helping provide travel guides. I'm starting in Southeast Alaska with Travel Juno because it's my hometown. And then I will engulf the whole state in the process of building these boxes and telling Alaska's story through the food, through the art, and through the culture, which we will deliver right to your door. I absolutely love that. And it's even something that I could see, like you said, Alaska is such a bucket list, you know, destination. It's my parents went a couple of years ago for the first time. They absolutely loved it. It's something that has been on my list. And surprisingly, I spent in another lifetime, a little bit of time working for a cruise line, Um, never got made it to Alaska, but it was somewhere that I always, you know, dreamed of going. And I think that The idea of a box is so cool. If you are planning that trip, you can kind of get your feet wet and start learning about the culture and the food there. I think that's an amazing idea. Thank you. I'm pretty excited about it. (laughs) So I see there are different box options on your website. How did you come up with the different themes and how are you connecting with the different um, purveyors and suppliers that are uh, being featured in the boxes? Well, the first box was pretty easy because I just went to um, people in Juneau that I know. Um, And I'm very fortunate that I've been in business long enough that I've been able to build a brand and an awareness through the state of if you want to talk about food in Alaska, I'm probably the person that you should reach out to because that's all I do um, is, you know, I'm constantly researching cool food options and things like that, not just within Juneau, but throughout the state. So that really helped. The other thing is, um, I just have friends in the industry and they connect me with other people and such. But the whole thing with the box was that, um, a lot of my colleagues are doing like really supporting their local partners and they're doing boxes that can be delivered within their community. So, and so some of their products are fresh and, Everything in mine is shelf stable because my guests generally are not from within Juno. They're outside of Juno. So I needed something that I could ship. So I did shelf stable, which opened up a lot of doors because there are people who provide um, shelf stable food all over the state who can things, who um, smoke meats, different kinds of things. And so that was really exciting to be able to kind of grow that. So um, the way that I designed the box is that it would be seasonal and each season we would focus on a certain concept. So for summer, um, that's the start of our fishing season and that's when we do our tours. And so we have um, like, uh, we'll include a six ounce um, smoked salmon filet. And then you will also get a full size bottle of kelp's hot sauce, which is one of the most popular hot sauces in our region and from a really famous company, Barnacle Foods. And and uh, we have candy that's made from a local candy person, a confectioner who is um, featured on all of our tours. And so, um, so that's kind of how I did it. And then the fall box, you know, we're getting into autumn and things like that. So I'm looking at meats and because that's hunting season in Alaska. And so there are companies that do Uh, game jerky like elk and caribou jerky and buffalo um, sausages and reindeer sausage and things like that and then there's jams and jellies I mean the the laundry list is a mile long of all the wonderful food things that we can incorporate but then there's all the artists and so I mean just in general alone there's hundreds of artists that could do things that I could include 
that would connect people to our state. And so I'm super excited about exploring that. And then, um, and then just throughout the state. And that's the nice thing is reaching out through Travel Alaska and the other DMOs, they will connect me with those people that I can start a conversation with and say, hey, I'm highlighting your area of the state. Let's talk. What can I do? What can I include the box that I can ship, you know, is not super fragile, but also that will um, make people, you know, think about being in Alaska and want to come up here. So speaking of the food scene in Alaska, I think so much of what we think of when we think of Alaska is, you know, the beautiful nature and wildlife. You know, you are the expert on the food. Talk to me about the food scene. What do you think people are most surprised about when they start experiencing the food scene there? And um, what are some of the staples, would you say, of, of Alaska? So the most, so Alaska is really famous for its seafood. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that um, we really are most proud of is our wild sustainable seafood. Because in Alaska, it's illegal to farm fish. It's actually in our state constitution. So all our salmon, halibut, crab, all of that is wild and sustainable. And um, we actually have very stringent regulations on the fishing. For example, for the last few years in Southeast Alaska, particularly in the Juneau area, there's been a moratorium on catching kings, king salmon. But um, nobody, not commercial, not sport fishing, not even personal, can catch and keep a king because the spawning had slowed down. And so they want it to regenerate. And that takes a few years. That could take between five and seven years. So it's wow. things like that. Like you're really getting the best of the best in seafood. The other thing that I think that's really surprising to people is just the ingenuity of Alaskans themselves creating food products. For example, we have a young couple, Matt Kern and Leah Hyphus, who own Barnacle Foods. And they're getting pretty well known for their kelp salsa. And they actually started uh, like a little cottage industry. They would go out and harvest sea kelp, just, um, it's called bull kelp, like bull whip. They'd pull up the bull kelp and they would make um, pickles and salsa from it. And they actually got noticed by one of our um, entrepreneur sort of um, companies that sort of gives them a boost. And they wanted a big grant for about $40,000 to help them grow and develop their company. And so their salsas are now available throughout the United States in a lot of grocery stores. Um, and it's really, it's, it's not only an organic product, but it's very good for you. We serve their kelp salsa on our uh, food tours, but I wanted to do something that would be a little different to introduce a new food product. And that's why we're doing their hot sauce, which every single person who uses it is like, this is the best hot sauce ever. So it's things like that, being able to tell those stories. And that's kind of how I choose what's going to go in the box and how we um, determine um, how, how that's going to look and what flavors we're going to, um, think about. But those are the things that are just a couple examples of what makes Alaska so unique in the food world. And other things too, if for Juno particularly, people are stunned when they find out the eclectic and, um, caliber, um, of restaurants that we have here. Um, in, you know, for a town with only 32,000 people, um, we have Michelin star trained restaurants. We have James Beard nominated um, chefs. We have award winning chefs and restaurants and all of those are featured on our tours, but mostly we tell that story. And 
it's been surprising when pe- it's actually pretty fun when people go, oh, I never knew. So that's okay. That's my job to tell you. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That's so fun. So in your, in your boxes, what does the sus- subscription look like and what are you getting your subscription? So you have two options. You can order one box at a time, which is $75. And that, um, that includes free shipping from Alaska to anywhere in the United States. Um, and so um, with that, you'll get all of the food products. You'll get um, the first box. We're actually featuring photography from Mark Kelly, who is an award-winning photographer based out of Juneau. And, um, but then you also get recipes. You get um, uh, some of my personal recipes. You also get recipes from ASME, which is the Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute. And we have recipes that are from some of the restaurants that are in Juneau. And then you get travel information. You'll get the Travel Juneau Guide. You'll get the um, Travel Alaska Guide. And then you'll also get a fun little checklist for planning that trip. And then we're still working with some partners to see if there's other things that we can include as far as information pieces. But um, you'll get a lot in a very in a small box that so that it can ship through priority mail because priority mail is the easiest way to get things in and out of Alaska. That's fantastic. So the individual boxes are $75 with shipping, which isn't bad at all. For me, for instance, I'm in Florida. That's not too bad getting something shipped all the way from Alaska. So that's great. Yeah. And we wanted to keep it, you know, I mean, because I could have charged like 100 bucks or something and added more into it. But what I really wanted to do was make it accessible because I know um, that economically our whole country is hurting And I know that people have had to cancel their vacations and things like that. So I wanted to make it attainable and that people would be able to to get a box without it, you know, really breaking the bank and still be excited and and um, looking forward to having some Alaska delivered to them. And then we have the annual subscription, which is um, four boxes a year. And that is um, that if you purchase the annual subscription, you save $5 a box. And that does also include the free shipping anywhere in the United States. We will ship to Canada, but the um, we do have to add a $30 fee per box because of Canadian um, shipping fees. So those are all the four boxes a year are the theme. It's themed by season, you said. Yes. Yeah. And then we're looking at, I haven't uh, put it all on paper just yet. For Christmas, we'll have our regular Christmas box, but we might also have an additional Christmas box that'll be bigger and have a lot more goodies in it that people could use as a really fun Christmas gift. Because very often people buy cruises for their families at the holidays, and that would be something that they could wrap up. And that would be kind of fun for them. And so then they could purchase a larger box that had a little more fun things. And we're also looking at ways we can personalize them as well. That's such a good idea. Even the whole year subscription, I think, could be so fun, especially for a trip like that. It does, I would imagine, require a bit more planning. I remember when my parents were planning their trip, it was, you know, a year plus out. And, you know, getting something seasonal that can kind of give you that little something to look forward to. If you did have to postpone your vacation, say, by a year, I think that's such a a fun way to kind of, you know, do a little bit of a countdown to when you can actually get there. Yeah. And and the whole, uh, like our motto is that if you can't come to us, we'll, we'll come to you. 
and we're going to bring Alaska right to you. And that way you're not going to miss out. And still, because, you know, one of the things about trip planning is half the fun of a vacation is the anticipation and the planning of it. It's true. And looking at all of the guides and the magazines and the excursions and things you're going to do and options that you have. And and if you can do that while eating some smoked salmon, how cool would that be? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, that would be super fun. It's like you have a little planning party with your family and you bust out all the food and you're like, okay, what are we going to do when we get to Juneau or Ketchikan or Denali, you know, and so. And the reason that I decided for the subscription is Alaska is a huge state and it is very hard to put all of Alaska in one box. So I thought, you know what, people deserve all of the state. And so in order to do that, we're going to do it more by region and be able to focus on things that are um, all across the state and be able to help all of the tour operators and businesses that are really suffering right now want to do anything I can to help get the word out for them. You did mention the typical season is, you know, cruising season, which is typically it's during the summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, When is your typical, you know, high season? When does it run? Well, our uh, first cruise ship was supposed to arrive last Saturday. And uh, yeah, so that was a little sad day for all of us. Um, And it will um, it generally runs from the last week of April to the first couple of days of October. Um, The busiest months are June, July and August. Um, But um, we do have May and September, what we call our shoulder seasons, and they tend to be pretty busy, too. And this year um, we were looking at um, probably like one point three to one point five million visitors coming. Did you know? And I was looking at sales of being up by more than 200%. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a significant loss, not just to me. And I'm a small, my company's small. When I look at some of the larger companies and just the overall industry at itself, the impact is devastating. Even though I know we haven't seen something like this before, is there any indication of when there might be a resurgence in the cruise line? What do you expect as far as tourism? So I was not working, actually not even living in Juneau in 2008. I moved here um, in 2009. But what I found out was that there was the big recession of 2008. And so tourism in Alaska took a huge nosedive. And it rallied back um, a little bit in 2009. And then 2010, it was definitely, it was on a growth pattern, which we have steadily been experiencing up until now. So um, as far as what I think it's going to look like, I think until there's really a vaccination in place um, and uh, people feel completely safe, I think that there are going to be people traveling. I just think that it's going to be different, that they might start traveling closer to home, like with road trips, maybe visiting family because they haven't been able to get out and see people. And then I think like with cruising, the interesting thing, cruisers are diehard. They are just, they love cruising. And I mean, we've had people on our tours that have been on their like 17th cruise. It's crazy. I know to Alaska, (laughs) not to mention the other 30 around the world. (laughs) So I think that um, because Alaska is part of the United States, we will still see people coming because they, you know, it's still that comfort zone. But I don't know about like overseas travel. It's just so hard to predict that right now. I think really the the biggest thing is like right now, some states, Alaska being one of them, 
is slowly opening up for business. But what does that look like? I mean, I still couldn't do a tour right now. Would um, I would feel uncomfortable taking people around to restaurants until we know more, you know, sure. but every, you know, this thing is so weird. It's like every hour things change. So I would imagine in another month, I could have a whole different opinion. It really is. And I think that's where what makes it so different. It's the, you know, the uncertainty of everything. I think it's even different than, you know, you see a major hurricane or a major natural disaster. There's still some, I don't know, you know, concrete, maybe timeline of when things can be up and running again. But this, like you said, it's so fluid and the situation keeps changing. Um, It's hard. It's hard to tell. Yeah. And I think also is that, you know, in our lifetime, there's never been anything that was completely global. Um, You know, like a hurricane or an earthquake, it's still regional. I mean, they're tragic Mm -hmm. and it's terrible that they've happened. But this is something that has impacted every single person in every single country, regardless of where you are. And it is changing the face of tourism. It's changing the face of business and the face of commerce. And so seeing how all of that will fall out is actually going to be really interesting. Um, I think that opportunities are coming out of it as well as many challenges. But um, I mean, I'm not going to lie when this all first hit and I was thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my business. I'm going to lose my home. Um, My husband was like, just calm down. And I was freaking out. But now I'm just like, I'm, I'm a pragmatic person. I'm like, okay, so this is the situation. What am I going to do? Crying is not going to solve my problem. What am I going to do? So we're just making plans and, and moving forward. Well, I did read something a couple of days ago, a bit of a silver lining, if it is true. I was reading a survey put out by Overseas Leisure Group, and they interviewed about, I think it said 3,000 people here in Florida and across the country. And according to their survey results, it said 72% of Americans are already making plans for their next vacation, which, you know, could be for end of year, could be like mm-hmm. we a year from now. And even 35% of optimistic travelers, I guess I would say, um, are considering a vacation as early as this summer. So, you know, like you mentioned, if things start slowly opening up again, hopefully, you know, we could see a resurgence sooner, not too soon, um, but sooner than later. If one of the 72% of these people surveyed were listening right now, why would you say they should consider Alaska, especially for foodies, you know, maybe not as soon as the summer, but maybe next year for their next trip? Um, I do think, well, I think for foodies, particularly Alaska is a great destination because we have so many unique options and our food really connects you to the communities that you eat in and to the state. Um, One of the things that I had launched for this year was actually a food tour at sea, which was a small group cruise where I was going to host 20 to 24 people on on a culinary cruise at sea aboard one of the cruise ships. Um, that had to be obviously shelved for this year, but we're looking at launching it again for next year. So when you look at things like with food, um, you're going to really, I mean, 
I think that that's one of the things that's really going to resonate with a lot of people because food, it's a bonding experience when you eat with somebody. It tells a story and food is memories. And I think that when people come to Alaska and they eat king crab at Tracy's Crab Shack or they have this kelp salsa or they have, you know, they're up in the interior and they see um, the reindeer and they have reindeer sausage and they're like, wow, this is, you know, this is really Alaska. And um, one of the things that we love telling people about the tea that we serve on our tours is that when you drink it, you are literally drinking in the Tongass National Forest. Um, You're drinking in the rainforest because ingredients are harvested and foraged from the forest. So it's things like that, that people really appreciate, especially on the food, um, from the food side of it, because they want different things that, you know, they can't get in their hometown And it's a different way to explore Alaska. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful experience getting to know you and a little bit about Alaska. I really hope that by this time next year, everything will be up and running and thriving and even better than before. And in the meantime, people could check out your boxes. I think it's a wonderful way to kind of do that countdown to their bucket list trip. Before we wrap up, I do some fun closing questions with all of my guests. And if okay. you for that, happy to go into them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So number one is, what is the last movie or TV show that you watched? Oh, last night, my husband and I watched The Last Kingdom. That is our favorite show. It just, and season four just came out on Netflix. And uh, Uhtred, the Viking, oh my goodness, the Dane. Mm-hmm. And we, we walk around our house going, destiny is all. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we love that show. Any Vikings, you know, Outlander, anything that's Scottish, all that stuff. He, we both love it. I love it. And there's, I'm discovering so many new shows now, especially there's so much time spent at home. That's one of oh my gosh. <laughs> and then they're the ones you're going, why did I watch that? <laughs> I know. We've had a couple of those too. <laughs> Number two if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, top of the list, fried chicken. Um, especially if my mama made it, uh, I'm a Southern girl. And so I eat all of the bad foods. And so I love fried chicken. My next one would be watermelon because that is my all time favorite, um, fruit, and I can eat my weight in watermelon. And I think, um, Dessert wise, I would have to say banana pudding because again, I'm a Southerner and it has to be meringue, not whipped cream. I'm a purist. (laughs) All solid options. I love them all. (laughs) They're not necessarily healthy. The watermelon is, but you know, if I, if that's all I could eat, that would be it. Well, yeah. And this would be in some perfect world where calories were not. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Number three, where is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Oh, okay. So um, one of the greatest things that we got to do. um, So I grew up watching PBS and all the cooking shows where everybody was out playing. I was watching food shows and I loved watching uh, the, the Viking river cruise commercials that were always on, you know, the show sponsored by. Mm -hmm. And um, I always thought, and I'm like eight years old, one day I'll grow up and get to go on a river cruise. And so in 2018, um, my husband and I went to Europe and I got to go on a river cruise. 
And uh, so we got to go to Europe and see all the, the castles and the churches. But the coolest place we went was Salzburg because there's a restaurant there. I think it's called St. Pete's. And it is actually built into a um, the foundation of a medieval castle. And that restaurant is more than 1,200 years old. Wow. And we got to have lunch there. And that was probably one of the coolest and most incredible experiences of my life. And I, and we are making plans to go back because I made him go eat lunch there. He didn't get to play in the castle as long as he wanted. So <laughs> I was so like, okay, we'll go back just for that. <laughs> yes, we'll go back for the castle and lunch for, you know, a day a week or so. But it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Last question. What's one thing most people would never guess about you? So a lot of people don't know this about me. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had many businesses, most of them fail uh, up until now, thank goodness. But um, my very first business, well, actually my second, my very, uh, but as an adult first business that I owned um, was I delivered singing telegrams in balloon bouquets, dressed in no costumes. Way. And no. my, yeah, and my given name is Kelly, my mother, my mother named me Kelly, but everybody calls me Midgey. But uh, so at that time, the name of the business was Kelly Grams. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes. So that's, that was my, uh, my first real entrepreneur thing was when I was 10. My younger brother was eight and uh, we lived in Georgia and I climbed trees and um, got all the mistletoe out of the oak trees. And we bundled them up and he sold them out in front of the local grocery store. And we made like 600 bucks that Christmas. And for a 10 year old and eight year old back in That's the seventies, that was a pretty cool deal. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. smart. Very, yeah. very cool. Well, again, Midgey, thank you so much. This conversation was wonderful. I'm really, really excited to share your story with our listeners. Uh, where can people find more about you and Juno Food Tours? Oh, thank you. Um, you can find us on the web at um, Juno, J-U-N-E-A-U, food tours with an S dot com. <laughs>